Well, good morning. God is good. And all the time. Yes, he is. Uh, It is the last Sunday of 2020. And before we open God's word together, I just want to kind of reinforce and kind of emphasize a little bit of what uh, Pastor Tyler shared regarding, uh, you know, what happened Christmas Eve and why we're uh, still online uh, this morning. Uh, you know, there's a, there's a phrase you often hear us say around here, and it comes from the book of James where it says, Lord willing or Deo Valente. And, you know, sometimes we take for granted when we leave here on a Sunday, we say, hey, see you next Sunday. And we take for granted that uh, we're going to. And uh, the events of the last week remind us that it really is Deo Valente, Lord willing. And uh, as Pastor Tyler said, uh, you know, um, the way it was communicated, and it's always kind of hard to get it just right. Uh, I know um, Pastor Tyler stepped up to be the point person uh, for us here regarding uh, the possible exposure, and, and I know that led some to believe that he was actually the one that was ill or, or maybe was the cause, and, and either way, it, that wasn't true. He was just simply, uh, he does a great job of communication on the personal level. And so he stepped up to be the point person uh, for questions. And many of you contacted him and, and I know you guys had a great conversation. Um, but I really want to encourage us as a church, uh, you know, uh, as we said, as a leadership team, we've chatted about this uh, quite a while ago, uh, what would happen if there was an exposure or, you know, to COVID, what would we do? And, and we basically did what we uh, planned to do and what we believe God has called us to do. Uh, we take very seriously, I just want you to know a few things. We take very seriously uh, the privilege and the opportunity to in-person gather. That's not something we take lightly. We, we would love for all of you to be here. We would love to be inside. Uh, we also take uh, very seriously your spiritual and your physical health. And in seeking the Lord to balance those out, sometimes, you know, uh, it's not as easy as you would think it is. Uh, and it has to be a case-by-case, week-by-week uh, decision. And so uh, this is where we are. Uh, I would appreciate, we would appreciate your continued prayers and also your continued patience and grace uh, during this time. Uh, as of now, uh, we're planning to be back here in person next Sunday. Uh, Lord willing, literally Lord willing. Uh, so uh, we'll update the website and we'll begin the reservation process for next Sunday. And, and Lord willing, uh, we'll be back here on the patio and enjoy each other's uh, company once again. Uh, I would also ask for your patience and understanding uh, when situations come up like this, that there are uh, privacy guidelines, there are uh, confidentiality uh, guidelines that we have to adhere to. So uh, we're very careful. You know, I know the first thing, uh, you know, inquiring minds want to know names, and we just can't do that out of sensitivity, out of respect, out of privacy. Uh, we're, you know, we can't just blurt out uh, names and all of that. And, and really, it, it's not that important, actually, because uh, what we're trying to deal with is the consequences and implications on a broader scale. So uh, just so you understand that. Um, and again, uh, what happened, in case you didn't hear, was uh, uh, a member of the leadership team uh, had a positive test in their home. And uh, that person came last Sunday, just last Sunday, um, and they had not known that result was positive just yet. And so we found out that there was a positive result in their home, and uh, then subsequently that made it possible that they had, um, you know, perhaps 
uh, been contagious when they were here. Uh, on Christmas, Christmas Day, uh, the person, the leadership team member that was here found out that they were negative. So that's all it is. Uh, there was no, as far as we know, no exposure last Sunday at the leadership team level. Again, it wasn't Pastor Tyler. <laughs> he is just one of us uh, that was potentially exposed. He was just the point person in the point of communication. So again, it's, it's complex. Uh, there's emotion. There's, uh, you know, a lot of concern about it. And we're just doing our best to navigate it with you. Uh, we all wish that uh, none of this was happening and we all wish that this would go away. Um, but for whatever reason, uh, God is having us walk through it together. And God is having us actually even grow closer as a fa- church family through this. And we do celebrate all that he has done for the good, right? Romans eight twenty eight. he is working all things for the good. So I just want to bring you up to speed uh, where we are. And uh, again, next Sunday, we're planning to be back here in person. Our reservations will be up on the website later in the week. Uh, but again, what's our, what's our word right now? Lord willing, Deo Valente. Uh, continue to pray for the leadership team and, and pray for one another. Just pray for one another, pray for the country. And uh, we're just going to take it one week at a time. Okay. Uh, it being December 27th, as we wrap up the calendar year of 2020, uh, we're, gonna, we're not going to jump ahead into Ephesians 5 just yet. We're going to pick that up in January because in light of everything uh, happening in our country and on this planet, uh, and it being the last Sunday of the year, I thought, you know, we just need to, we just need to have a, a family morning, a bit of a, a take a deep breath, and let's look at God's word together. We're going to look at a passage where, where Jesus' disciples were challenged uh, in an area that, that they thought was their strength. And, uh, you know, they're experienced fishermen, and, and they encounter a storm, uh, something that they had probably encountered many times in their years of fishing, and yet uh, their reaction really uh, was telling. And for us, my prayer for us this morning is that uh, as we're navigating the pandemic, as you're navigating the pandemic, politics, your finances, your health, your relationship issues, whatever it is, you know, uh, the relationship between fear and faith, the heart level issue of fear and faith is really what I pray that God would speak to our hearts about this morning. Okay, so if you're at home and you have your Bibles, you can go uh, find them or open them up to Mark chapter 4. And we're going to read a a story of Jesus and his disciples traveling across the Sea of Galilee when they encounter a storm. Okay, it's found in Mark chapter 4, verses 35 to 41. And I'm going to read that whole passage. It says, On that day, when evening had come, he said to them, Let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took they took him with them in the boat just as he was and other boats were with him and a great windstorm arose and the waves were breaking into the boat so that the boat was already filling but he was in the stern asleep on the cushion and they woke him and said to him teacher do you not care that we are perishing and he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea peace be still and the wind ceased and there was a great calm He said to them, why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? All right, back to verse 35. On that day, when evening had come, he said to them, let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was, and other boats were with him. 
Okay. And a great windstorm arose and the waves were breaking into the boat so that the boat was already filling. So Jesus says, hey guys, it's a full day of ministry. Let's jump in the boat. Let's go across the Sea of Galilee to the other side. Now, if you're not familiar with the Sea of Galilee, there'll be a slide that's coming up right now. Uh, it's about 150 deep, 150 feet deep. Uh, it's interesting. It's 680 feet below sea level. And you can see in that picture that it's surrounded by mountains. It's really kind of encircled by mountains and hills, all right? So what can happen at certain times is the winds come off those hills and uh, they're so strong, right? This storm comes in, the winds blow across the Sea of Galilee and it's not uncommon for waves of 10 to 20 feet to be created, okay? So Jesus and his disciples are in a boat they're going across the Sea of Galilee. This storm kicks up, huge waves, right? And verse 37 says, a great windstorm arose and the waves were breaking into the boat so that the boat was already filling, okay? So get the picture. Experienced fishermen, experienced fishermen, years on the Sea of Galilee itself. Windstorm, water's coming in. Some version says it's getting swamped, okay? They start to freak out. They start to freak out. Now, it's interesting, and, and, and it's not unreasonable to believe that Jesus knew the storm was going to come, right? Jesus being fully God, fully man, right? Um, and it's also interesting that Jesus was the one that said, hey, let's go to the other side. So sometimes it's kind of like with the Christmas story, right? Mary was chosen, highly favored one. And, you know, we all celebrate that she was chosen to give birth to Jesus. And on Christmas Eve, we looked at how that flipped her world upside down, scandal, persecution, gossip, right? All of that that happened as she was in the Lord's will. Well, think about this. They're in the boat in God's will. Jesus said, let's go to the other side. So this storm arose as they were simply obeying Jesus. And that's really important because sometimes storms in my life, storms in your life might come up and you're like, Lord, am I in sin? Lord, have I done something wrong? And, and you turn inward and you begin to doubt and maybe become self-condemning when the truth is God allows the storms even when we're perfectly in his will because he's growing us in the storms as we're in his will, okay? And then it says in Mark four thirty-eight, but he was in the stern asleep on the cushion and they woke him and said to him, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? So, huge windstorm, experienced fishermen, water's filling the boat. They're afraid it's going to sink. Hey, anyone seen Jesus? Uh, I think he's asleep. What? Right? Can you imagine? Right? Isn't he the one that told us to go to the other side? Isn't this, this is his fault, right? And so they go and look for Jesus. Verse 38 says, he's asleep. He's exhausted. He's out right? They woke him and said to him, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Don't, don't miss that. It's not just a question. It's an accusation. It's an accusation. These experienced fishermen are in the middle of a crisis. And in that crisis, in the crisis that we face and the things that God allows, we have choices to make. How are you going to react? How are you going to respond? Think about the past nine months. How have you reacted? How have you been responding? 
Think about the last week. How have you been reacting? How have you been responding to the things that are allowed? These things called crisis, right? Uh, Brian Bell says this. Crisis is a situation or period in which things are very uncertain, difficult, or painful. Crisis is a critical moment, a time when something very important for the future happens or is decided. And then he says crisis is a good thing. It helps people change. It helps people change. So, so these fishermen, uh, they're in a crisis. Huge windstorm, water's filling the boat, and they have a reaction and a response. And they react kind of very negatively and harshly toward Jesus, right? And, and it's this question of, of Lord, what's going on? How could you be asleep? Right? And, and I don't know about you, but sometimes when, when I'm faced with a crisis, my initial reaction is, ah, how could that happen? Or how could so-and-so let that happen? And what were you thinking? And, you know, how could you be so, right? And, and our initial reaction to crisis, to things that scare us, to things that trouble us, to things that uh, cause us pain or discomfort is what? It's to, it's to go this way. We're going to point. We're going to blame shift. We're going to look for the cause of the thing or the person that's, that's really impacting my life. And what's really interesting, if you think about it, they were so caught up in the crisis mode, so caught up in fear that they forgot a couple things. One, they forgot that Jesus had told them what? Let's go to the other side. Jesus had told them, we're going to the other side. In the middle of the crisis and fear, they completely forgot that Jesus said, we're going to the other side, right? And they also forgot that in Mark 2, Jesus had supernaturally healed a paralytic. In Mark 3, he had healed a man with a withered hand, right? And so in the middle of this crisis, overcome with fear, right? Going into panic mode, maybe. They just forgot. They just forgot things that they had heard, things that they had seen, And they were just consumed with the emotion and the circumstance of the moment. And in that, they accused Jesus. Don't you care? Right? It's a rebuke. They're almost, they're rebuking Jesus in the middle of this crisis. Don't you care? We're perishing. Come on, man. Right? And how many times of us, maybe in the middle of a crisis we're facing, we're like, Lord, don't you care, Lord? In fact, the psalmist in Psalm 10, 1 says kind of the same thing. He says, why, O Lord, do you stand far away? Why do you hide yourself in times of trouble? You ever been there? You ever been in a situation? You don't know why God's allowed it. And maybe it goes on for so long or it's so out there that just like, Lord, why are you hiding yourself Lord, why do you seem like you're standing far off and just watching me struggle through this, right? Sometimes maybe you feel like you're the kid uh, in the swimming pool and they say, hey, great, let me teach you how to swim. And they toss you in and you're treading water. And I remember someone wanted to teach me how to swim sometime and they said, oh, just swim to the other side. And and I'm swimming and I thought I was going to drown. I was a little kid and they're, they're just like out of hand's reach. And I'm like, come on, dude, what do I have to do? Go under? And, and I think sometimes we get that way. We're like, Lord, where are you? And, and we kind of know he's there. But it seems like he's hiding himself 
or he's standing afar off, right? And we can forget. And we might even say, Lord, don't you care? Where are you? And, and we can even forget, even today in 2020, we, for, we can forget even 1 Peter 5, 6. Humble yourselves therefore under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him because why? Because he cares for you. So 1 Peter 5, 7 directly says, God cares for you. But in the middle of a crisis, don't you care, God? Don't you care? So it's really important. One of the application points is, is don't confuse God's silence or God's timeline with his not caring. Okay? First Peter 5, 7 says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. God cares for you deeply. The Bible says he will never leave you nor forsake you. Nothing will separate you from his love if you're his child. But in the middle of crisis, in the middle of a circumstance, in the middle of feeling swamped, in the middle of feeling like we're going under, fear can drive us to, to, to just maybe accuse God, maybe feel like, where are you? Are you hiding? He's not. He's not. And then Mark four thirty nine to 41 says this, and he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was great calm. He said to them, why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? When it says that word, when he says peace, be still. Uh, and literally that word peace means hush. Stop speaking. Become quiet. He's saying to the wind, hush. Stop speaking. Become silent. Then when it says, when he says peace, be still, the word picture for that be still is to muzzle an animal, right? It's to keep them in check. And many believe that's what, that was to the waves. So he says, hey, wind, be quiet. Hush. Waves, be muzzled. Get back down. Be, be kept in check, right? And then he says to his disciples, hey, where's your faith? Where's your faith? And we see that, that one of the, the, the core issue in this passage is the relationship between fear and faith. In fact, in Matthew 8, 26, he says this, and he said to them, why are you afraid, O you of little faith? In Luke 8, 25, he said to them, where is your faith? So quick question. When you are scared, when you're afraid, when you're in a crisis and you don't know how it's going to turn out and anxiety and worry and fear creep in, where's your faith? How do you react? Do you go into accusing God mode? Do you go into control mode? Do you go into blame shifting mode? How do you react when fear is laid in against, next to faith in the middle of a crisis, Right? And what's interesting is that these were experienced fishermen. These weren't newbies. They had been fishing the Sea of Galilee for years. And I think about that in terms of the church, that even as an experienced Christian, maybe you've been in church walking with Jesus for years, decades. Maybe there's a storm you're facing. Maybe in 2021, there'll be a big storm and you're going to feel swamped and your boat's filling 
even as an experienced Christian, how are you going to respond? How are you going to respond? Where is your faith going to be when you are overcome with fear? And so I was thinking of, of those words of Jesus to the wind and the waves. Peace, be still. Peace, be still. And, and my heart for you, my heart for all of us as we wrap up 2020 and move into 2021 is that maybe Father this morning through his word wants to say to you personally, hey, peace, be still. And maybe things are okay right now, but maybe this is, these words will be tucked away in your heart and you'll face something tomorrow, a month from now. And you'll remember, peace, be still. Maybe the last nine months, you, you're pretty amped. And in fact, it's gone on for so long that you're amped here, but you've been amped here for nine months and now you think this is normal. And you've been walking around and carrying a, a, a level of fear and worry and anxiety and stress for nine months that now you think you're at peace. Now you can't even necessarily feel that you're scared because you're just like this all the time. And maybe as we wrap up 2020, peace be still is for you right now, today. A moment of quiet, a moment of honesty, a moment of transparency where maybe you're going to really take a spiritual deep breath and say, Father, am I raging? Father, is, it, you know, when Jesus said, hush, be silent, maybe today God is saying, hey, hush. Turn off all the chatter in your brain. Be quiet. Turn it all off. And then be still. Maybe, maybe you're raging. Maybe it's, it's fear, anxiety, worry, rage, confusion. And deep down, you're raging like the waves. And he's like, hey, be still. Keep yourself in check this morning. Because again, sometimes we get in these modes and we're doing the best we can and we're problem solving and we're, you know, we're meeting, then we're not meeting, we're stay home, then we're not stay home and, and we're just sort of in this sort of deal with it mode and we're really not at peace and we're really not being still because we're all just sort of like this now. And I think this morning, Father wants to say to you, peace, be still. In the Old Testament, the word for peace is shalom. Now, shalom, peace, isn't just the absence of conflict. Shalom means wholeness, completeness, rest, well-being. That's shalom, right? Psalm 4.8. In peace, I will both lie down and sleep. For you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. How's your sleep been? Have you been at peace? Isaiah 26, 3 and 4. You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever for the Lord God is an everlasting rock. Again, you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. Where's your mind been stayed? On the circumstances? On the changing political climate? On the changing, uh, you know, the latest news on the pandemic? Where's your mind been stayed? On your favorite news station? On social media? 
Isaiah 26, three says, you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. See, here's one of the, here's one of the challenges with this. If you're wired like me, some of us like to be prepared and deal with crisis situations by information gathering. We get all the news we can all the time. So your mind isn't really stayed on God. Your mind is stayed on information gathering. Because the more information you gather, the better you feel about how you're going to handle it. You see the difference? You see why you can be amped and you want to get up and you want to find the latest news? Because you're really trusting in you. Right? Where Isaiah 26.3 says, you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. So what's your mind really been stayed on? Honestly, what is your mind? The economy? What has your mind really been stayed on? Has it really been on the Lord? Right? In the New Testament, the word for peace is arene. Again, which means security, safety, harmony, quietness. It's a fruit of the spirit. It's born out of a relationship with God. John 14, 27, Jesus says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives, do I give it to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Isn't that crazy? Jesus says that it's his peace that he gives to his disciples. Not your peace, his peace. The peace of Jesus is available to us as his disciples. Philippians 4, 6. Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So question for you this morning on the last Sunday of 2020. What's your peace level? What's your peace level? And on who are you basing your peace? Is it the peace of God? Or is it the peace of your bank account, the peace of your health, the peace of uh, the political situation? You see how so many things can get put into the slot when Jesus says it's his peace he wants to give us. It's the peace of God, not the peace of circumstance, not the peace of feelings even. Okay. And then it says, be still. And I want to read a familiar Psalm to you. Uh, Psalm 46, it says this, God is our refuge and strength a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations rage, the kingdoms totter. He utters his voice, the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come, behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes war cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Famous verse, verse 10. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Now it's interesting Many of you know this verse by memory, right? Be still and know that I am God. And kind of what, what we equate that with is some sort of quiet, meditative, still.
stillness in the forest or by a, a lake or something. And that's not really the context of this psalm. It's actually very interesting. If you look, if you go back and reread the psalm, Psalm 46, the context right before verse 10 is war. Is war. War is raging, right? And uh, it, when it says, uh, be still, that's rafa. Here's what it means. It's not just, you know, get to this meditative kind of like contemplative state. No. What rafa means when it says be still, it says stop fighting. Cease striving. Stop frantic activity. Now just say snap out of it. Right? I love the common English Bible. Instead of be still, here's, here's what it says. That's enough. That's enough. The contemporary English version says, calm down. You ever, have, uh, you ever get into it with a brother or sister growing up? And finally, mom or dad has, has had enough. And what do they do? That's enough. Go to your room. Go to your room. Boop, boop, boop. I don't want to hear it. That's enough. Calm down. That's what this verse means. Psalm 46.10 is speaking to us. And Father might be saying to you, to me, hey, that's enough. Stop being so frantic. Stop striving. Stop trying to figure it out. Stop being so upset that we can't meet and we don't know what's going to happen. Just stop. That, that's enough. That's enough. Why? I'm God. I'm God. I'm in charge. Remember, we saw last Sunday when we looked through the Bible story, God's in charge. Father is still in charge. Jeremiah 32, 27. Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is anything too hard for me? You see, I believe, Eileen, you can put that up again. If you are honest and read that verse in light of the circumstances you're facing right now, that might radically change some things. Do you really believe that there is nothing too difficult or hard for God to handle in your circumstance? Because I don't know about you, sometimes we get frantic. Sometimes we get kind of caught up in the moment because maybe deep down, we don't believe God can handle it. So I'm going to handle it. Maybe deep down, our fear and anxiety, it comes from a, a lack of faith, a lack of trust. I love that verse. Behold, I am the Lord. Now, if you're, if you're a, a, a child of God, here's how you could say that. Behold, I am your heavenly father. Is anything too hard for me in your life? What a powerful verse to springboard you into 2021. What a powerful verse to maybe reflect on the last nine months, whatever journey you've been on, right? Even as a leadership team with all the starts and the stops and meeting almost every single week, right? Seeking the Lord's will for, are we inside? Are we outside? Are we live stream? All the technology we had to buy and everything to get up to here. You know, at the core we have to have peace even as a leadership team that nothing is too difficult for God even when it comes to running his church, right? We may not understand it. We may not, you know, get all the decrees that come from Sacramento and Washington and all that. But deep down, we know that there's nothing too difficult for God. 
And so by faith, we step out. By faith, we do the technology. By faith, we live stream. And I got to tell you, one of the glorious things that happened, that has happened in nine months because of the uh, live streaming and because we've sort of walked in faith is that, I don't know, our, our church attendance is, is huge. <laughs> you right? We, um, what was the number of any on Christmas Eve, the views? How many views did we get? So we had 100 views on YouTube and Facebook for our Christmas Eve service. Those are 100 households. I don't know how many people in each household that represents. But that's a lot of people. That's more people than we would have had if we had it here in person without any live stream. So, so my point is, God is in charge. Our Father, there's nothing too difficult for Him. And this peace and this stillness comes through a relationship with him through Jesus. John 16, These things I have spoken to you. This is Jesus. So that in me, you may have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation, but take courage. I have overcome the world. Remember in John 14, he said, it's my peace I give to you. So the question this morning is, do you know Jesus? Because if you know Jesus, you can know his peace. If you know Jesus, you're in relationship with Father and you can know the peace of God. If you know Jesus, you're in a covenant relationship with God. He's your heavenly Father and you know that your Father is in charge. He is in control. There's nothing too difficult for him. Whether or not it's even related to the pandemic. I don't know the details of your circumstance. But some of you right now may be facing something in your life that has nothing to do with the pandemic and nothing to do with the political situation. Maybe you're just wondering how you're going to make it through the week. And I want to encourage you. Begins with a relationship with Jesus. Being saved by grace through faith. Put your faith in Jesus. This morning, even right now, in the best way you know how, just rest in the salvation that Jesus offers as your Lord and Savior. Believe that he was crucified, he died, he rose from the dead. Put your faith in Jesus alone for salvation, right? That's the beginning point. And if you're a believer, if you're a believer this morning already, I'm going to challenge you with something. I'm going to challenge you with something very practical, very tangible to do today or before the end of the year, okay? Which would be Thursday. I think Thursday's the 31st, right? Jesus said, peace, be still. Here's what I'm going to challenge you to do. Sometime between now and the end of the year. Turn off all the noise and all the chatter. Turn it all off. I'm not saying forever. Just an hour, a day. Go on a, a social media fast. Turn, don't read a book. Maybe just the Bible. Turn off all the music. Just, just... Turn off all the noise from the outside and all the noise on the inside. That's the beautiful thing. I don't know where you live, but most of you watching are probably living in Ojai. There's a lot of places behind here up on the trails or maybe just in your neighborhood or a park. Go sit and be quiet and then be honest, right? Experience peace, experience stillness this week because you're going to choose to turn off all the noise. 
Outside coming in and inside going out. Make the choice. I challenge you. I challenge you. Maybe bring a journal and in your quietness, ask God to speak to your heart about the relationship between fear and faith in your life. Okay? Before we take communion, I want to share this story with you from our daily bread. And and I think it really hits home for those who are believers, those who can call uh, God Abba Father. And here's the story. It says this. And if you travel on a plane and you've ever been in in, uh, turbulence, right? Uh, You'll resonate with this story. It says this, a comfortable plane ride was about to get bumpy. The voice of the captain interrupted in-flight beverage service and asked passengers to make sure their seatbelts were fastened. Soon the plane began to roll and pitch like a ship on a wind-whipped ocean. While the rest of the passengers were doing their best to deal with the turbulence, a little girl sat through it all reading her book. After the plane landed, she was asked why she had been able to be so calm. And I love her response. Here's what the little girl said. My daddy is the pilot and he's taking me home. Everyone else is freaking out. The little girl is reading her book because her daddy was the pilot of the plane. And she had absolute confidence that he was just taking her home. Her daddy was a pilot. This morning on the last Sunday of 2020, your daddy, we call him Abba Father, he's the pilot. Our daddy's the pilot. He's in charge. And he's taking us home one day. But until we go home, our dad's the pilot. Nothing too difficult for him. Nothing happens in our life without him knowing or allowing. Nothing will separate us from his love. As we prepare for communion, I want to encourage you, if you have communion at home, you can take communion as we sing this song. If not, I want to encourage you to use this song as a time of reflection and and prayer. Maybe you should thank Abba for being the pilot. If you need to confess that you've allowed fear to dominate, then confess it. If maybe you've been angry and you've been accusing God of not caring, ask him to forgive you because he does care. And maybe in this time of singing, you'll turn your eyes to Jesus. You'll surrender all. Maybe for the first time today and say, Jesus, be the Lord of my life. Jesus, be my savior. I trust you fully with my salvation. But be encouraged. Be encouraged, church. Our dad is the pilot. He's been in the cockpit all year and he's going to be in the cockpit next year. So we're going to trust him and we're going to be at peace and we're going to be still knowing that there is no, nothing, nothing too difficult for our father. Amen.
Let's sing together.